It's Sam in for Collar on the Purple Insider Podcast. Welcome to the show. Again, I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, and I'm joined by an old podcasting colleague. He's a frequent guest of the show. We had a lot of fun in years gone by on the old football machine, now defunct. His name is Arif Hassan, at Arif Hassan, NFL. And uh, he's been studying Viking culture in Iceland for like the past two weeks. And uh, I know this was this is part of your beat, Arif, to learn yeah, more about part of my job. through yeah, for sure. the origin of their name. So tell us, tell us what you learned about the Vikings. Uh, I incredibly physically adept. I, I know that, uh, I know that that's, uh, it seems kind of obvious that, uh, this culture known for it, which Viking is more of a job than it is like a, a group of people, like people became Vikings. Like you would be a pirate is a job. Right. Um, but yeah, like the stories that they tell about Vikings, man, if they're half true, they're the strongest people who have ever lived on the planet. Uh, I was, t- I was told the story about, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gunnar Hemondarsson. Uh, a one one of the one of the one of the key Vikings. Ch- okay, so the crazy thing about Icelandic history is that all this stuff, like these people, are real. The stories are almost certainly not, but the people are, and but they just like tell you as if it's true. Um, and so like one of the stories is like about this guy, and it's this long saga and epic, and the guy had only ever had enough time to tell us like half the saga. Um, but in in the middle of the story, he's like, yeah, so this is Gunnar. Um, you know, he's well-renowned. He's, you know, an incredible athlete. He swims like a seal and he's known to have jumped, um, vertically, uh, his own height, uh, in full armor. Um, and so he would be able to clear himself. He'd be able to jump over himself, which means of course that he's got a 72 inch vertical and pads, right? <laughs> um, incredible. his relative athletic score is through the roof. Yeah. It's, it's this, the scale goes to 10. He's a 12, just incredible. Right. Uh, he, he, uh, when he fights with the sword, it looks like he's fighting with three just so he's got agility. He's got speed. Uh, he's got strength, of course, explosiveness. I mean, his vertical, his broad jump must be incredible. So, um, bunch of super athletes over there historically. Now, mind you, uh, Vikings were taller than any other European at the time. Uh, which means that they were like five ten. Five, yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> yeah. five eight. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Weren't there a, a group of Vikings, like Minnesota Vikings, who went to a country, maybe it was Iceland, maybe it was Norway, like a couple of years ago, and like Linvald Joseph. Yeah, and, Everson Griffin. Yeah, did and they went, was it Iceland? It was Iceland, yeah. And Everson okay. hung out with, uh, with at the time, the crowned world's strongest man. And this is kind of one of the cool things. Two of the most famous strong men of all time are Icelandic, uh, Magnus from Magnuson and Hafthor Bjornsson. So Hafthor, and there's this like a picture that the Vikings posted of Everson Griffin, who's like, what, like 6'5", right? Yeah, big dude. Um, yeah, standing next to Hathor Bjornsson, who is like legitimately just bigger than Phil Lothold, right? And he's like dwarfing Everson Griffin. It's it's like that picture of Yao Ming standing next to J.J. Watt, and you're like, these people are the same species. This is nuts. Let's talk a little football. Um, here's how I want to approach it. You've been gone for the better part of the last two weeks. You got back on Friday. And there was big news on Friday. The Vikings signed Bashad Breeland. Like, welcome back to the States, Arif. Here's breaking news. Yeah, right. Um, tell me what you think you learned about the Vikings from afar. I'm sure you were still on Twitter occasionally. Like, what do you think you missed? Fairly the two weeks you were gone. And I'll tell you if you're right or wrong, and we'll talk about it. Uh, Harrison Hand is the best corner in the league now, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, let's talk about Harrison Hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a couple of uh, a couple of uh, OTA highlight vids, not even from the Vikings, from people who are clipping from the highlight vids and then tweeting them out on their own. And I saw at least two separate and distinct Harrison Hand highlights. Um, so he must be killing it right now, from my understanding. Yeah, and now media was present for both of those moments. So oh, they might be the only that. two moments, <laughs> but they were moments. Like the first one, the pass deflection was more impressive than the die because he didn't actually get the interception. He didn't get the pick. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he didn't. They get made the it pick. look like he, yeah. but he he deflected a pass in coverage. Might have been Jefferson. Um, that, that's I think it was Jefferson. Yeah, people were talking. Yeah, about it. and yeah. then the following week, again against Jefferson, he was getting first team reps because uh, Dantzler was like kind of inactive. He might might have had a little ding. Um, Patrick Peterson was gone. Obviously, Jeff Gladney's gone. So it was it was hand with the ones on Jefferson, like holding his own, him, blanketed him, <laughs> stepped in front of the route and uh, and picked off Kirk. It was really that was the best play that I've seen from him. Yeah, so uh, that's what I learned is that Harrison Hand is the is the next Xavier Rhodes, but good. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, I I'm learning that you know the offense just hasn't figured it out yet. They'll figure it out, but they haven't figured it out yet. Um, that's okay. We shouldn't panic. But Harrison Hand is is a Pro Bowl corner. Yeah, and he's probably the reason the offenses look so bad. And yeah, it's probably just, gathered yeah. that from some of my tweets where I was tweeting like the the four guys that had interceptions last week. Oof, four, and wow. Yeah, two of them on Kirk, one of them on Browning, one of them on Mond. And Mond. the Mond one, like, this was the, the rep of the day, Arif, of a horrible practice. This was the rep of the day. Mond throws one of his like three passes, a gorgeous fade down the left sideline he can throw left obviously unlike right. some of your other you know quarterbacks you hate yeah and emir smith marset has it drop in the bucket like right oh, in his no. hands oh don't does do a man. juggling routine with it oh no and pops it up to i believe josh metellus to oh. vulture the interception uh no one looks good that well, i mean i guess mond does but like no one looks good on a play like that <laughs> no no, I think like, I think like Metellus had to have allowed the reception for that to be a possibility, right? Well, he was the he was the one like uh, he was on yeah, top. You're so right. He wasn't, he wasn't there him. in time. He yeah. wasn't like in direct coverage, but yeah, he was the the backup. Yeah. That's oof. That's rough. Yeah, uh, man. There goes my Amir Smith Marset shares. Yeah, seriously. No, the Q, the or not the QB three. The wide receiver three battle has been uninspiring. Has it been mostly BB in wide receiver three? Yes. Okay. It has been a lot of BB. Um, not not even BC Johnson, huh? No, as soon as he was out really. of the starting lineup, he was persona non grata. No, the like second team has been BC Osborne and Osborne. Keys. And he's looked he's looked okay to my eye, but I yeah, and and after that, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. So the Vikings have used like a lot of their late cap space and like they, they saved like five or six roster spots after the draft. They've mm. used them all on cornerbacks, including yeah, Ty, the latest. Ty Smith, Bashad Breland, and then they officially signed Amari Anderson. And Perry Nickerson as well. Oh, Perry Nickerson's back. Add in, oh, back. yeah. Yeah. That's something you missed while you were gone. Perry yeah. Nickerson. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Runs fast, doesn't yeah. do much else. Yep. Um, he's a, he's a regular four years. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but clearly there was an effort here for the Vikings to get 
you know, older at cornerback to get more experience, to get, you know, guys that have played in high leverage situations to get some, like, I guess you can call Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith veterans, even though they haven't had, you know, particularly scintillating careers, you can still like Nickerson can play the slot and he's started some games and Ty Smith has, you know, started some like seven games in his career. Um, and those might be players they can keep around on the practice squad, you know, like using up the veteran yeah, spots the for, veteran spots, for insurance. Yeah. So w- what do you make? I mean, let, let's focus on Breland because that's that's the big one to discuss here. But let's right. just focus on what they've done with the cornerback group. I think it's pretty clear that, like, first of all, I don't think that they signed Breland with a spot in mind. I think they were just like, we need to get as many talented corners or talented enough corners in the building as possible. Because I think the Vikings have been traumatized by how deep into their cornerback depth chart they've had to go over the years. Last year, obviously, is a really good example. They had to go to Chris Jones and Dylan Maven. Like, that's not ideal for anybody. I It's not ideal for Chris Jones, right? Like, um, that's, <laughs> They used 10 corners last year. Yeah, it was brutal. So, like, last year was is maybe the worst year of the past three, four years. But they've gone pretty deep. Like, they've gone six, seven corners deep in the past. So, I think Martin this is... Cheryl's deep. Yeah, they've got Marcus Sherrill's deep, right? Um, they've Benny Sapp, remember him? Uh, How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, uh, they've gone they've gone way deep in in the cornerback group. Um, you know, to the point where it's people, not even people on their own practice squad, people that they've signed that day, and and they just kind of hope you you know how to play man coverage. So there it is. There you go. You've you've got DeAndre Hopkins or whatever, right? Good luck. <laughs> but like. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it. I think they're just like, yeah, I don't know if Bashad Breland's a starter um, or if he's competing for a starting job or if he's a backup. I think that was the Vikings attitude when they signed him. They're just like, yeah, we can't guarantee you a starting spot, which is, I think, what it took them like a week to actually sign him. Um, but, you know, well, you know, maybe Cameron Dancer is not the starter. Who knows? Maybe he could win the job. The point is, who, whatever's going to happen is that our fourth cornerback is going to be one of the better fourth cornerbacks in the NFL, I think was the approach there. Whoever it ends up being, I don't think they had that name in mind. Yeah, I think this is a big signing, and and I don't think Breland is a perfect player. I mean, that's why he's available. He's signing right. a, a relatively a small one-year deal. deal. Yeah. Um, but you know, he started 26 games in two years for you know a two-time Super Bowl qualifier. So I'm going to give him some cred just for that. Um, you know, 29 years old, kind of up and down. Like if you if you look at his Pro Football Focus resume. You know, there's nothing really linear about it. He was really good, like, in his second year and then dropped off and then pretty good in his fourth year and then dropped off and had the cup of coffee with Green Bay where he tried to play the nickel. Um, And then, you know, improved a lot in Kansas City last year, but he, like, missed a bunch of tackles. So he's flawed. um, And he commits a lot of penalties, a lot of penalties. Yes, penalties, a problem as well. Zimmer has um, has basically only gotten corners that committed a lot of penalties in their previous stints, right? I mean, Patrick Peterson last two years committed a ton of penalties too, um, and he has a lot of experience reducing the penalty count of the corners. He, it, I mean, typically they're like more malleable, right? Because they're like rookies, right? <laughs> but but like you know, Xavier Woods, Trey Wayne's, both of them had penalty concerns coming out of college, right? Cameron Dancer, I think, had I don't think he was penalized a lot in college, but that was on a scouting report. Is that you know at the next level he could be based on how he plays? Uh, Gladney, same thing. Um, I think he's just very comfortable with like getting a corner who's too aggressive and telling. Yeah, what, what does he say? It's uh, it's easier to say whoa or something like that. Whoa, easier to say whoa than go. Yeah, whoa than go. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easier to say whoa than go. 
Uh, and so I think he he wants a guy that he'd prefer that the thing that's taking them out of the market is their aggressiveness than their tentativeness. And so I think that's part of it. I think he feels like he can coach the penalties out. So, and and that's true of Breland, Dancer, Gladney, if he ever sees the field again, Peterson. Um, because because Breland without penalties is like a pretty good corner, honestly. From what I can tell, I'm going to do a deeper dive later, but from what I can tell, he's pretty good. Not like yeah. amazing, but pretty yeah. good. You just you just got back from Iceland. I don't expect you've watched every rep. Um, and by the way, the penalties, 13 penalties exactly in four of his seven previous seasons. That's a lot of penalties. Jesus. I think Peterson Th- was one of the most penalized last year with 12. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's a lot of penalties. But his coverage grade, that's gotta be frustrating. <laughs> coverage grade 24th last year, which is among that's one of one of the better years he's had. Um, but I I, I his, like his coverage numbers bit. are elite, like uh yeah. receptions per snap, yards per snap. Um, they're elite. I imagine his uh but because those numbers don't include penalties, I imagine his coverage grade suffers a lot because of the penalties, because sometimes that does get folded into the PFF grade if they occur in the process of coverage. Um, sometimes they don't. It really depends on the penalty. But I think that's probably what it hurt because the, the numbers are great. Um, let me ask you a question, see if you know the answer. The 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 six week one uh, cornerbacks for the Vikings last year, how many combined years of experience did they have in the NFL going uh, into the season? Like like peer, like so like for example, Chris Boyd would count as one one because even though he didn't really play, okay. Um, so Holton Hill was the most experienced corner of the six maybe christ uh <laughs> uh god um so so yeah the rookies count as zero Bolton hill counts as two chris boyd counts as one says so three four combined that seems low even, uh, even mike, for mike that. hughes was the other one and he oh, had two so two. five is the answer um and combined starts was I I believe it was nine. It might have been twelve. Really low number. Yeah. This is um, this is the one thing I can say I knew more than Zimmer on. Like you needed to adjust cornerback group was going to come apart at the seams. Yes. Well, and and that he needed to adjust his scheme for the fact that his cornerbacks were all young and new. Like I asked that question. What like you, you were there? I think every time I, I asked that question like three yeah. times. Like you've got one of the most complex coverage schemes in the NFL. And you're very proud of that, but do you think you'll have to adjust that for the fact that you know your corners are all babies? And he said no. The number Every of this time. year, combined years of experience, and this is so so it was five last year, week one, six corners. This year, if you're projecting who those six are, Let, let's project Boyd in hand, just yeah. because they would be the incumbents per se. The answer right. is twenty six. Which is so, not bad. Yeah. That's um, fair. And if, if that was evenly distributed, that'd be nice. But, you know, tentative sure. on like Patrick Peterson. <laughs> um, who has like 156 starts in his career. So right. the total starts is like around 200. But like yeah. the, the start <laughs> contrast, it's clear that they, they wanted to make this group yeah. over, make them more seasoned. And I liken them a bit to 2018's team with the Vikings where – Rhodes, I think, was starting to lose a step, but was still very good. And I, I compare him mm-hmm. a bit to Peterson in that sense. Um, Alexander was Alexander. You know, if Dantzler, Candy, yeah. Waynes, 
then I think I think the Vikings would be in a decent spot with him and maybe even better than Wayne's because Dantzler had very good stretches last year. And then you've yeah, got Wayne's you know, as a rookie was not as good as Dantzler at all. Well, he didn't play though. Yeah, but I mean, uh, do you remember the preseason? It was one it was of the worst preseasons I've ever seen for a quarter. Horrible in the preseason, but we didn't see yeah. Dantzler in the preseason either. He might have been horrible too. I mean, fair enough, but I mean, the Vikings chose not to play Wayne's and they they needed that corner at the other side of Rhodes. And they were like, yeah, Wayne's isn't ready. No, fair enough. Fair enough. They babied him along yeah. for sure. And I don't know if he was ever an elite corner, but he was at, you know, solid enough um, in that year. And then their fourth yeah. corner, you know, that year was Hughes. Um, and Hughes was actually quite good up until the ACL injury, the injury which, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, might have just had been a huge. That, that like, might have been the whole thing. Yeah. Roadblock in his career. Rough. Uh, Bashad Breeland, probably an upgrade, though, for Mike Hughes, you know, from a rookie. And uh, Bashad, is Bashad Breeland better than how good we assume healthy rookie Mike Hughes is? Probably. I wouldn't say it was a lot. Like, Hughes was, like, quite good, actually. <laughs> I don't disagree it, with that. That might, that might, I, I, you might be right, but I wouldn't say it, it's a, a certainty that it's true. I'll it, agree it, with you, but conditionally. Yeah, I mean, we we just don't – we'll never know yeah, we'll on never. Mike Hughes. Yeah. What he was, what he could have been, he was a great college player. He flashed in very, very brief spurts. Four games, yeah. At the highest level. Yeah. Hey, everyone, summer is here, and you're trying to get out on the golf course, but if you're like us here at Purple Insiders, spending all day golfing isn't always an option. That's why you need to check out Birdie Golf in Woodbury. I'll give you an example. My wife is new to golf and she's intimidated by the big courses, but at Birdie Golf, she could come and play without the pressure. You can make golf a family experience at Birdie Golf. Bring the kids, still get all of your swings in. They have eight of the world's best golf simulators where you can sharpen your swing and still have a great time. I've heard from several listeners to the show who have tried out Birdie Golf and absolutely loved it. You'll want to try the whiskey or beer float flights. And every time Sam and I show up at Birdie Golf to record our podcast, we always get the boneless wings. Make golf a night out. It's the perfect place to hold parties, events, fundraisers, and even your fantasy football draft. Check out Birdie Golf at 494 in Valley Creek in Woodbury, just a short drive away from anywhere in the Twin Cities metro at birdiegolf.com, B-I-R-D-I golf.com. Call 651-998-2200 today, and I'll see you there. Folks, if you are pumped up about how the Vikings did in the draft and now the schedule's out, it is a great time to get yourself a Skull Flag or Bud Grant shirt. And of course, there's much, much more if you go to sodastick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Check them all out. And if you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping on all your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. And if you're ready for the summer months, we're going to have hockey playoffs so you can get your dollar bill krill shirts. And if you're a golfer, you have to see the Minnesota golf hats. They are classic. All of Soda Sticks apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. Follow them, Soda Stick Co. on Twitter. Go to sodastick.com for your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. Before we get back to the Vikings, I want your take on the news of the weekend. Julio Jones traded to the Tennessee Titans. So here's what strikes me, Arif. I can't, I can't get excited about this news. Here's a team that offensively 
is, you know, high level, very much the Vikings. They are just above them in like fewest 11 personnel sets. They're number one in 12 personnel sets. Workhorse running back uh, and an adjacent star receiver in A.J. Brown. Now, if, if you're the Vikings, though, wouldn't you love to have a wide receiver three like Josh Reynolds? You know, like the Titans yeah. now do because yeah. so the they, Titans so they, have 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 gone. They are now, I think, legitimately three deep at wide receiver, even though they're not a three wide receiver offense. And they I, had I Josh think, Reynolds at less than two million dollars this year. I think, like the Vikings, might be this year, and I'm more certain this is true of the Titans than the Vikings. They will be forced to play a lot more three deep, having lost Johnny Smith. Right? Like Ferkser is actually kind of underrated as a tight end. He's not bad, but like I I think this is not an offense where I want to have two tight ends out there as often as possible. Um, I think that they would want to go with, so they essentially traded Corey Davis and Johnny Smith for Julio Jones and Josh Reynolds. And I'm high on Josh Reynolds, but we just, we don't have any really good evidence on how good he is yet, but I like him. So um, it's interesting. And I expect them to, to throw the ball more. I mean, they were one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL you always have to exclude the Ravens from the calculation because they've got a running quarterback and, and are the only efficient running offense really in the NFL. Um, But uh, I mean, they're one of the most run heavy teams period. Now they did change their offensive coordinator. So that, that could change, but I think that could actually be a detriment because the reason they lost their offensive coordinator was because he was so good. He got promoted. Um, And so uh, the worry is that Tannehill much like cousins might be dependent on the talent of that offensive coordinator. Like he's got great skill players, obviously even better than last year. Although I think the upgrade is overstated, not because Julio is not elite anymore. He is, but that Corey Davis was quite good. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you traded Adam Thielen for Julio Jones, you obviously got an upgrade, but like you didn't really like supercharge the, like, you know what I mean? Like, you got better, but it's yeah. not. A you dramatic... go from eight out of ten to a nine out of ten. Exactly. Yeah. You go yeah. up by twelve percent. Yeah, and like Corey Davis is not quite as good as Adam Thielen, but I think it's the same concept, right? And so I don't know that that offense really got that much better after losing Johnny Smith and Corey Davis, and then going to Josh Reynolds and Julio Jones. They did get better, probably. That offensive coordinator change scares me. Um, Tan Hill is just kind of one of those quarterbacks that nobody seems to buy into and trust the numbers of, kind of like Kirk Cousins, I guess um both play action heavy rollout heavy uh play action's unbelievable wide zone heavy yeah um but this is a team that i think is going to regress for reasons unrelated to julio and uh it there is no world where you can argue that they should have blown it up but they're one of those teams that's just good enough to consistently compete out themselves out of the ability to find an, another solution. It's kind of like the Marvin Lewis Bengals, right? Where, um, and, and maybe they're better, you know, they, they made a, a run in 2019, but like, even if the defense gets better, the underlying numbers of that team, they were closer to a nine win team really than an 11 win team last year. And they added a bunch of defenders, none of whom I'm a huge fan of like Bud Dupree. I like Danico Autry. Honestly, that's fair. But like Caleb Farley, uh, maybe the best athlete in that draft. You can't tell. You never tested. But um, 
I, I, I just feel like he's, he's, it's going to be a year before Caleb Farley can be like a good corner. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't really buy, but Debris only a double digit sacks, I think once in his career. And I've always been kind of a critic of him. So maybe that's just coloring my expectation. Um, but that defense, I don't think is going to be good. It might be a little bit better. And that offense, I think is going to regress just because you change offensive coordinators and Tannehill's kind of whatever. And the offense is kind of figured out. And Derrick Henry is hitting the age where running backs kind of fall off. So I don't know. I, it's a great deal for Tennessee, and I understand why they make it. If I'm running Tennessee, I have to I have to believe that we can make a run at the Super Bowl, and this is one way to do it, especially after losing Corey Davis. So I get it. I just I, I can't get excited about it. And, man, this sucks for Atlanta, who I assume kind of felt strong-armed into it. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean, yeah, we, we, we talked a little bit about the undisputed. Were you were you in Iceland for that? The cold call with Shannon Sharp? Uh, I think it was right before I left, actually, I think. Okay. Because I, I remember I, I wasn't obviously on the show, on this show, talking about it. But I remember thinking about the My first reaction was that this was unethical. I was kind of surprised that no one was talking about it. And then people started talking about it. And then I think a lot of enough people pointed out he probably knew that he was on TV. There was a good chance that he knew he was on TV. And he didn't seem to react when he found out that he was on TV. And so um, it might have just been part of the bit. But my first reaction was that this was uh, unethical journalism. Yeah, it, if it was like going to be an unethical thing, I I guess it would it would be undisputed, right? It would yeah, be right. a yeah, Bayless yeah. led program. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never bought that Julio wasn't in on the bit. Yeah, I always uh, thought that was intentional on his part. I wanted to a complete one off here. I'm I'm on the Tennessee Titans Our Lads website, which is like a depth chart, you know, kind mm-hmm. of tracker. Guess great, who they currently have slotted in as a second string cornerback on that team this might not be what the team is thinking but our lads thinks this second string cornerback i yeah. i don't know uh th- this is giving me we, no information okay i'll all. say this we've mentioned his name on this show like t- today you mean today uh jesus i was gonna say like mike epps or something like that former um viking former viking mentioned his name on the show uh oh god it's not chris jones is it <laughs> yeah it's chris jones <laughs> uh, the, good luck <laughs> the man who didn't get urfud the vikings are signing every cornerback that walks the earth except chris jones who would have been literally free yeah he would have been like not five have negotiated bucks. with anybody else yeah it wouldn't you wouldn't have cracked the top 51 wouldn't have affected the cap at all they were just like look buddy Roster space is real valuable. Also, we're only signing 86 players this year. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what a slap in the face. Um, I'm I'm just curious if Tennessee like was was privy to this all along and were really confident they would make a move. And maybe I guess if they don't get Jones, they're you know going after one of those those free agents that are still sitting there. But before Julio. Who's that guy that we kept on saying the Vikings should sign? Like Dark has Denard. Is he still out? I think he's still out there. Um, that was an Iceland piece of news that you missed. He oh. signed with Arizona. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, sure. Good luck. Great. Yeah. Um, and once again, curiously, like very late to get signed, but I just don't know what Tennessee would have done if they didn't make this trade because are they just gonna go play action would, AJ Brown? Just be, yeah, it would just be the AJ Brown and Derrick Henry show. It would have been yeah. Like I like Josh Reynolds, but man, that is a lot of responsibility. <laughs> a ton, especially when they lose uh, Janu. Yeah, and I, I know Tannehill's great at play action. He was like better than Lamar and Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes last year. But 
I mean, that's performance that... under play action is one of the least stable statistics that it's a, it's performance under pressure, performance under play action. One of the least stable quarterbacks are better at play action, but how much better they are varies substantially from year to year. So the fact that he was really good at play action and that he's losing the guy that designed all those play action plays, um, he's due for regression. I think somebody's going to be fading the Titans in, uh, in week one. I think they're still going to win the division. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this team sucks, but yeah, they, they won't, they're going to win the division. They've got an insane schedule. Though. Have you seen it? It's no. like the, it's the AFC East, right? Which I have no idea how good the dolphins or the Patriots are going to be, but you know, they've got the bills, right? Um, and it's the NFC West, which that sucks. And then they've got the first place AFC schedule, right? So they've got the chiefs and the Steelers. That's really hard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're lucky that they've got that division schedule to land on. Like, goodness um so the vikings don't play the titans until 2024 at which point julio will have been a free agent so will the vikings ever face julio jones again oh man uh yeah i I think he'll stick around for longer he'd be 35 yeah sure yeah i don't i don't think he's actually really lost that much of a step honestly no i mean 32 years old but like he's not he looked per game numbers last year were he looked pretty darn good against the vikings last year like that was not a guy i know he's facing you know rookie gladney rookie but that's not a guy (laughs) who is washed yeah um plus uh i mean he's always been uh it's kind of like patrick peterson except um you know peterson's 31 he's already lost his step but it's like um He's a guy that he's combined his like physical capability with remarkable technical capability. And as, as he ages, and it, I don't think that he's really lost that much speed or strength, but when he does begin to lose his speed or strength, he's going to find other ways to win. It's going to actually Larry is probably the best Cardinal to compare him to yeah. out of the Cardinals. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I expect that the Vikings will play against Julio again at some point. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics, and I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics, and since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads, and if you're wondering what that means exactly, Well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855 217-2688 extension 232 to connect with them directly to find out how scout logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company here's the activity that i want to do to end the show Uh uh-oh i'm gonna go trust me i've come up with far more embarrassing activities in our (laughs) podcasting past than this one (laughs) Uh, we're gonna go position by position to save time, we'll we'll do some consolidation. We'll we'll consolidate like O line, D line, secondary. But sure. I, I want you to give the most interesting player to you on the Vikings roster, oh, and that okay. can mean really whatever you want it to mean. It can be sure. the, the player that you are most intrigued to watch, the player with the most like to to lose this year, or with the most interesting storyline, or maybe they're just like an interesting guy 
-hmm. but I want to hear your take on whatever you think that means. So um, quarterback. interesting. I love bottom of the roster guys. So it's just going to be a bunch of people that are probably going to get cut. Love it. That's Um, great. That's the preview. Uh, for quarterback, though, the answer is obviously Kellen Mond, who's obviously not going to get cut. I don't really have to explain why. And I figured you would go Mond. I think it's Cousins just because I, I don't think Mond, you know, plays for performance reasons this year. And it's unlikely he plays for injury reasons. So if this was like, I guess, who you're most intrigued about in the preseason, I would go with Mond. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but but, but I mean, like, like, this Kirk Cousins season is, you know, landscape changing for your, your him as an individual of, and for the course of the team. So I'm going to go Kirk. Your interpretation of interesting is fundamentally uninteresting for this one. Well, how do you I'm, know that I'm going to follow that rationale for all? all I, oh, yeah, that's true. That's Give true. me some credit. I'm just saying that for like quarterback, the guy who plays is the least interesting answer. For well, the Vikings don't give us a lot of like <laughs> options here with Jake Browning and Nate Stanley. There were two. There were two to choose from, and you chose one of them. Oh, so we can't choose the same player? Ah, well, we can, but it's more fun if we don't. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's do running back. Uh, yeah, can I? Obviously. Um, yeah, I'm I am curious. I'm curious if he's going to make the roster, but you know, he's like what fourth round pick, so he probably will. Um, I ran the numbers on this a while ago. Fourth round picks get cut from their team their rookie year before the season starts uh, once every two years, um, which is to say one out of 64 times. Um, so yeah, for the Vikings, it was Willie Beavers a while back. But yeah, fourth round picks almost always make the team. Um, so he's going to make it, but like, is he going to be the kick returner? I'm curious about that. That's a really interesting thing. Is he going to slot into the Mike Boone role right away? which was not really much of a role unless Delvin Cook was hurt. I don't know, but he's got a lot of speed. He didn't get to play a lot at Iowa State. Who knows? I want to do a tangent quickly on fourth-round picks because I'm writing a little bit about this for Wednesday. Um, From 2000 to 2010, these are the Vikings' fourth-round picks, and there are some absolute studs in here. Wait, Jerry Wright's in there, right? Um, Well, not in this this subset. Okay. So in this first decade, um Tyrone Carter you know he was he was pretty good Antonio Wilson nah um Sean Worth and Cedric James and then it gets good Brian Williams Ontario Smith Moeldy Moore yay um, yeah Moeldy Nat Dorsey and uh Seatric face on man and then these three in a row Ray Edwards Brian Robison Everson Griffin Griffin. yeah so they hit they hit on that like half or more of those fourth round picks in that decade were good or great. We're like, yeah, like um, not just like reliable starters, but like good starters. Yeah. Like, you know, cu- couple guys that were like cult following players like Moeldi. Yeah. Um, and then some legitimately awesome pass rushers. Now look at the, the track record of late, starting with 2011, Christian Ballard, um, and then this year was probably the best year. They got Jarius Wright and Red Allison and Greg Childs, who didn't work out. But oh, two, poor Greg Childs. I know. That Jarius Wright's teammate, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you've got two that were all right right there. Then it's and Gerald then Hodges. Oh, Jay boy. Clemmings. I want to know Beaver. more about Gerald Hodges, by the way. Like, was not bad for the Vikings. Gets traded kind of suddenly to the 49ers, right? Well, that they was pay up, paving the way for uh, Kendricks. Yeah. There must have been more to that story, though. Yeah, I, I, there there has to be. Okay, so Gerald Hodges, then who? 
uh, Clemmings and Beavers in consecutive oh. seasons. Brutal. Um, Jaleel Johnson, um, Ben Gideon, who, you know, had, was a person. Asi- and- aside from concussions, I thought uh, Gideon turned out to be a good pick. And I don't think I even liked the pick at the time. So, um, yeah, he started games in a base defense guy, yeah. Jalen really Holmes, though. Yeah. Then Drew yeah. Samia, <sighs> then Lynch, Die, and Wanham. Jury is out, but, you know, the, the first two of those were not great. But it's just, it's yeah. just a, a decade of, like very like bad or mediocre fourth round picks. Yeah. Uh nearly started off on a on a on a high note. Was it twenty twelve was Jarius right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. That, that was fine. And then it was just kind of downhill from there. And Ricky probably the Jarius Wright and Ricky Sun. Um, so that was a tangent. Um, I'm also gonna go with Kenne Wangu because it feels to me like the Vikings are gonna go into a cycle of just churning through second running backs as long as Dalvin cook is around. Yeah. So I don't know if Alexander Madison's beyond a four year guy. So Wangu, maybe you can fill in, you know, settle into that, that role. And that would get... be a lot. That would be huge for him. And that's why I'm intrigued about it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, wide receiver. Uh, Smith Marset. That's such a boring answer for this interesting answer thing, but um led iowa in receiving still didn't get a ton of yards led iowa in receiving i think two years actually still never got a ton of yards um huge deep threat guy the vikings don't really have one of those i mean they've got you know all rounders like Thielen and jefferson but they don't really have like a deep threat guy which uh theoretically changes the geometry of the defense for the better um if he works out as a third receiver and it sounds like he you know he's a rookie fifth rounder right so he might not do it this year um probably won't do it this year i should say um, I think that would be a really big boon for the offense, plus a stunningly talented kick returner, even more than Wangu. And um, if they can figure that position out, like they were spoiled at that position for so long with Harvin and Patterson. Um, if they can figure that position out and don't have to rely on, you know, worrying about Amir Abdullah fumbles or Mike Hughes doing whatever Mike Hughes does back there um, or whatever, I mean, that'd be, that would be cool. So um I think he's interesting. Plus he on the field, he's shown a lot of personality. I haven't talked to him yet, but on the field, he's shown a ton of personality. Yeah. That, that juggling routine on the sideline on that Mond fade was very, well, you know, it's, yeah. personality. Interesting. Last year would have been Dan Chisna. So this is at least a player that's probably going to make the roster. <laughs> Dan Chisna did make the roster. He did, but he, he probably shouldn't have. No. Um, I'm going to go with my potential. I'm not locking this in. Potential Mr. Mankato oh, pick. Wapfield. Oh, okay. Really? Wap- well, you don't you don't like it? He's a good not college a stand. He's a good college player. I just I don't think the skills translate. If I was picking Mr. Mankato out of the undrafted, I think it'd be Blake Prohl. I think he's oh, good. Oh, you like Prohl? I think he's, he's good. I pegged Prohl as um my like least favorite of the three wide receivers but what do i, I don't know anything yeah who, who, who freaking knows about these guys yeah seriously <laughs> i mean i liked i liked jake winicky until i saw him on the field right um how about tight end uh i'm gonna stick with um brandon dylan because zach davidson as interesting as his story is and he's a totally fair pick and if you picked him i won't argue with it as interesting as the story is brandon dylan i think um has a better chance to make the roster than the fifth round pick. I think they ran out of, uh, I think they started digging into the priority free agents in the fifth round this year. 
And I think Zach Davidson's a perfect example of that. I think he's destined for the practice squad. Um, and I think it's going to be, it would be frustrating to watch him if he was supposed to fill a tight end three role. And I think the Vikings maybe didn't signal that they trusted Brandon Dillon. Maybe they just didn't have enough resources to grab a third tight end, but uh, we'll need to trust him, I think. And he has shown a lot of growth over the past two years in camp. According to my eyes, I don't know. It's training camp. It, it, you know, your eyes will deceive you a lot if you're um, a stupid reporter like me. But I really like Brandon Dillon. I think that he's grown as a blocker. I thought his first year in camp was really exciting from a receiving perspective. He's interesting to me. An NAIA player that was basically just a big receiver um, at like Marist, I think it was. Um, Marion. Marion, that's it. Marist is not an NAIA school. Yeah, Marion. Um, and uh, and I don't know if the Vikings want to run a bunch of two tight end sets. Brandon Dillon's going to have to be a legit third tight end for that to be a comfortable option for them. I'm going to go with Conklin because... They're oh, that's fair, actually. Yeah. They're entrusting a lot. Yeah. That's to a good him. point. And this is a big year for him. Like, if he has a really good year, he could get a big contract or at least like a life changing contract for a fifth round pick. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're, they're trusting a lot based off of it, admittedly very good, but still just a five game sample. Totally. Totally. Um, and typically with the Vikings, you know, we don't we don't see a lot of those kind of late round tight ends rise up the ladder. A lot of them peak at that third tight end role. That, yeah. That and they're almost always like the, the hybrid fullback, like the Ryan Dimperio types. Yeah. And Conklin seems to have a chance to be more than that. And clearly the team didn't didn't even think about like bringing in someone to challenge him. Because yeah, the, they, there weren't even rumors connecting them to tight ends this year, and this was not a bad tight end free agent market. The only tight end they brought in was the converted tight end Shane Zilstra. So, That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about offensive line? Lot to choose from. Man, all five of those tight ends would have been actually fine answers, huh? Um, offensive line. Geez, uh, I'm going to skip the draft picks. I think they're maybe a little bit obvious. Uh, if Oliudo had a real shot to actually compete for a starting job, I would have picked him. Um, I'm going to instead pick uh, Kyle Hinton because um, he's obviously he's just competing for a roster spot, right? There's no chance he's going to play. Um, but incredible super athlete. I love the small school super athletes. Collar makes fun of me for this every single year, and he's absolutely right, too. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they moved him to center. He played left tackle at Washburn, I want to say. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I I think that they kind of see more for him because they grabbed a bunch of guys that can play center, including they just grabbed Cole Cabral, which actually I don't really get that fit at all anyway. Um, I, I, I just, I don't really see Cole Cabral as an NFL player. Uh, I'd love for him to prove me wrong, obviously. This is not just like trying to hate on someone. But Kyle Hinton, I am pretty excited by the fact that they've like held on to him for uh through the practice squad for this long you know maybe maybe there's something there um i'm gonna go with ezra cleveland and i think the reasons are pretty obvious Mm -hmm. um he's you know a tackle who's been switched to guard and now he's going to left guard and another guy that the team is entrusting a a huge amount to this year um because their guard depth is not such a weird trajectory for that dude man I, i almost feel bad for him six game sample pretty good like i think that's encouraging you know at least i, I disagree have a I, the, the pff grades are, are positive for him but i actually i did not i was not impressed with what i saw i thought it was actually fairly poor play but most people disagree with me so i'm probably wrong 
I don't know. You're you're a trustworthy analyst, Arif. So that that gives me pause. Um, how about the let's pivot to defense. Defensive line. I think there's some some juicy, intriguing oh, options. Here. Everybody, man. Um, man, if James Lynch wasn't such a disappointment last year, maybe yeah. I would have picked him. Um, DJ Wanham has a lot to prove, but it's so crowded for him. Uh, I think I'm I'm gonna pick the answer that I guess is obvious, but there's a there's a ton of answers that work here. So I'm not really taking much off the table. Um, but I'm gonna go with Jalen Twyman um weird kind of off season for him obviously he didn't play but uh he essentially tried to build himself like a nose tackle had in my opinion an awful pro day except he had the 40 bench press reps um had a remarkable 2019 at pit incredible right you know cat quick right just incredible stuff right good sacks um when i was doing christian derisaw breakdowns obviously i watched the 2019 game against pit where, you know, generic, uh, not generic, Patrick Jones and Jalen Twyman combined for like a couple of sacks. Incredible stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so the Vikings, you know, uh, Spielman sat down at VEN with Gabe Henderson and said, hey, um, we're like monitoring, you know, the, we, we've asked this kid to, to send us, you know, weekly updates on his weight with pictures of him on the scale. Um, we want him to lose weight. Um, he played at 285 at Pitt. I think he's listed at 290, but he played at 285 at Pitt, weighed in at the pro day at like 320. So, remade his body and that was to unremake his body and that you, you don't get to always snap back to what you were sometimes it's irreparable so i'm curious if this works out for him because uh if it does and the vikings get um the guy that was playing for Pitt in 2019 they've got a second maybe first round talent um at defensive tackle that can rush the passer which is going to be huge given that they don't really have interior pass rushers yeah, I wrote a big feature about Patrick Jones and Twyman for our website. Yeah, you did. It was good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and Twyman is just like a really interesting person. So I like that answer on a couple of different fronts because he's he's a guy who, and people can read the story, but as a freshman, redshirt at Pitt, they're sharing the practice facility with the Steelers and he's going up to like TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and asking them how they pass rush, like what their philosophy is, what their mindset is. And he's trying to befriend Aaron Donald. And he has like no fear about asking advice. And I think Mm -hmm. that's probably a good trait. Like if you're you're that like humble and that curious when you're that age, it's going to suit you well. So I like Jalen Twyman a lot. I'll go with the more obvious Michael Pierce because I think he's a really interesting person. I love talking to him on the conference calls. Yeah. And we just haven't seen him in two years. Is he going to be, you know, how's his fitness going to be? Is he going to be the run stuffer that we all envision? Is it going to be Linval like, or is it going to be disappointing? I've got. And, so and fitness many was a question for him in Baltimore too. Like they, yeah. you know, he was suspended for a couple of days in camp for showing up overweight. Like, and then that year he had like injury problems, which might've been weight related. So that, that's an interesting question. Um, Just for time, we're going to skip linebacker. Cause that's a little, bit obvious let's do secondary the the whole secondary the whole secondary yeah. uh personality wise i'd probably have to go cam bynum uh and then everything else i'm gonna go with cam bynum <laughs> out of the 20 options that were available i also chose cam bynum <laughs> uh incredible charisma first of all um but mm-hmm. second uh I don't know, just like just like a guy that's not he's both confident and humble, which, uh, you know, you love to see. Right. But also um, is just a great combination for somebody making a position switch. Um, Somebody who played really well in college at the position that he was playing. 
um, and could not this year, but could um, take over, right? Because Xavier Woods is on a one-year contract. If he plays well enough, you'll beat out Josh Metellus um, for the third safety spot or, you know, the primary guy to take over if there's an injury or whatever. And he could do it immediately, right, as a fifth-round pick. Um, the He was a guy that was considered a reach by the consensus board. And I think that if more analysts had considered him a safety instead of a corner, he might have been uh, slotted higher by a lot of these draft boards. So he might not have been a reach by that measure. But um, just an interesting person. And uh, a super hard worker that um, doesn't let doesn't let the seriousness of hard work define kind of his his demeanor. Yeah, the highest safety draft pick, if you consider him a safety draft pick, says he was a corner. The right. highest safety draft pick since Harrison Smith that yeah. this team has has devoted in. And we talk a lot about how the Vikings want to kind of practice their more experienced players with the ones and twos like above the rookies. Um, at this stage, but the exception this year is Cam Bynum, who is above Josh Metellus on the depth chart. Yeah, um, Metellus is with the threes. Bynum's been with the twos every rep that I've seen. So there's already a little bit of preference being shown to the rookie, which I think he's being groomed. I think they want him to be the the, the future starter. That yeah. it only makes sense, and they yeah, might have two spots to fill. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you've 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 kind of fleshed it all out. I think that yeah, he's the answer here. Yeah. Um, and my specialist is Zach von Rosenberg, thirty-year-old. He's a left-footed punter who's thirty years old and a rookie and was a professional pitcher. Yeah. So it's it's got to be him. Uh, I don't think Riley Patterson makes the roster based off of what I've seen. This, this is what else you missed while you were in Iceland. Riley oh, was Patterson he mailing them all in OTAs. Riley Patterson had a terrible OTA practice last week. Oh, that really? Because he had an awful mini camp. He had a rough, and I didn't count every. I didn't count every like make. I don't know what his percentage was. I clocked at least four misses. So that's not good. There's not. not good there's day. not. There's not enough kicks in a kicker's practice day for four to ever look good. For four misses to ever result in a good percentage. No, no. So. He, um, he was rough in minicamp. Like, um, I counted like three misses, but then also two near misses, which like even practice conditions, you're not going through the center often enough. Like if, if you have to like lean to try and get the field goal in practice conditions, like, and it was clear he was not aiming for the field goal, right? Cause sometimes kickers will aim for the post. Um, it was very clear he was not doing that. Uh, uh, <laughs> Advantage Greg Joseph. Yeah. At this stage. Yep. Uh, Arif Hassan, he's at Arif Hassan NFL. I imagine he'll be back at OTAs and uh, and mandatory mini camp because it's mandatory and it's yeah. Uh, I don't want to get fined. It's attached to his contract. So yeah. uh, he writes uh, about the Vikings and nationally for theathletic.com. Make sure to check out his work, and uh, he's very good on Twitter. Thank you, Arif. Yeah, thanks for having me, sir.